G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, for many of us, we're waking to some sad news this morning. Uh, So many of us will know that our Israel Breaking News presenter, Ron Ross, had taken some time out to care for his wife, Yvonne, who was undergoing some cancer treatment. Well, yesterday we received news from Ron that Yvonne went into the arms of the Lord on Sunday night. He says she left them as they were playing, My God is great. Uh, So on losing Yvonne, uh, Ron, let me just say our condolences uh, to Ron Ross and his family, who will include Steve and Kerry Grace. Many of our listeners will know the music of Steve Grace, uh, Ron and Yvonne's daughter and son-in-law. Uh, Ron, uh, you're in our thoughts and prayers. So some change today in direction as we introduce Stan Goodenough, a Christian journalist and Israel-accredited tour guide, originally from South Africa, who lived in Jerusalem for 30 years. And Stan has a website uh, keeping abreast of the issues in Israel. His website is called Jerusalem Watchman. Stan is joining us today. Stan, welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's good to be here. And my personal condolences also to Ron Ross, a good friend I've known for many years. Stan, let's start with uh, Israel uh, slamming the International Criminal Court in The Hague for ruling that it has the right to try Israeli Defence Force soldiers for alleged war crimes in Judea, Samaria and Gaza. Uh, What are the headlines showing us? Uh, Yes, Neil. Israel has come out very angrily, actually, against the International Criminal Court, uh, which ruled on Friday that, in fact, gave itself jurisdiction uh, over uh, the areas which it calls Palestine, which are the biblical areas of the land of Israel, Judea, Samaria, and Gaza. And the court announced that it will proceed towards investigating, indicting, and trying Israelis for alleged war crimes committed by the IDF in its anti-terrorism operations in those areas. Um, Unsurprisingly, the Palestinian Authority and and Hamas have applauded the court's decision. They vowed to see Israelis prosecuted for these alleged war crimes. But Israel has rejected the ruling and says it will in no way cooperate with the ICC. In his words, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said that when the ICC investigates Israel for fake war crimes, This is pure anti-Semitism. And the Israeli media uh, joined in on Sunday, the Jerusalem Post decrying the ICC ruling as ridiculous and immoral, those are quotes, and warned other nations around the world should know that what starts with Israel usually doesn't stop with Israel. This will continue. And Australian Foreign Minister Maurice Payne said that her country has deep concerns with the ruling. She reiterated Australia's position that it does not recognize the state of Palestine and therefore does not recognize the right of any so-called state to accede to the Rome Statute. And the International Criminal Court 
she said, should not exercise jurisdiction in this matter. Undoubtedly, Stan, just as a little aside here, with the new with the new Biden uh, government in power in the US, is there likely to be a whole lot more unrest that might happen between uh, Palestinians and Israelis over this issue? Well, um, the short answer is yes, very likely. The Palestinian Authority, as it's called, led by Mahmoud Abbas, is already been emboldened, emboldened by the ascension, the start of the new administration, Joe Biden's inauguration. And the new administration has reached out to the Palestinian Authority, re-establishing relations with it, which was severed by the previous President Donald Trump, and uh, encouraging it in its belief that it will continue to support the Palestinian Authority position, which is towards a two-state solution being created in the land of Israel. Stan, it's not the only big story out of Israel today because many listeners will know as Iran accelerates its production of uranium, Israel's chief of staff has alerted his countrymen to the possibility of a military showdown with the Islamic Republic. Uh, What are the sentiments coming out today? Well, over this weekend, the standoff between Tehran and Washington intensified. Um, the United States pulled out of what's known as the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. It was, it was, it was established and signed on in 2015 under the Obama administration. And the Trump administration pulled out in 2018 when Donald Trump acknowledged Israel's position that the agreement would not prevent the Iranians from becoming a nuclear armed power, but would actually enable them to do so. After the uh, November 3rd elections in the United States, the Iranians began to pressure the uh, United States to reinstate it, itself into the agreement. And on January the 4th, the Iranians announced they would begin to enrich uranium to 20%, which is very close to what they need to achieve material uh, required to build a nuclear weapon. As this uh, war of words is going up between Iran and uh, Washington, uh, in Israel, the chief of staff, his name is Aviv Kohavi, he warned in late January that the situation that was developing could trigger an eruption of conflict between Israel and Iran, a military conflict. And it is believed that he was sending a message, perhaps primarily to Israelis, to prepare for something that has been brewing now for many decades. As you say, at the moment it's only a war of words, but that could soon escalate. Stan, six weeks away from today, Israel will hold its fourth general election in just two years. Why is this happening and what does that mean? There are a few ways of looking at this, Neil. Israel has uh, had, as you just mentioned, uh, three elections uh, in the last two years, and the fourth is now set for six weeks from today. Um, The so-called unity government that was formed after the elections last March gridlocked and has been anything but unified, and the country has basically been forced to go back to the, or the politicians have been forced to go back to the country to ask for a new mandate. Now, the way it's developing right now, according to the latest polls, is that Israel could be on course to setting up the most right-wing government in its history. Just very briefly, the right-wing in Israel is, is primarily that part of the political spectrum 
that strongly supports Israel's rights to the land of Israel and strengthening it against international efforts to take that part of that land away. So far, the indications are that the right wing, still led by Benjamin Netanyahu, the current prime minister, but with a different formation, would would take up uh, office in March 2020. And that could be the very best thing. Israel is anticipating cold winds from Washington. The Biden administration is not considered likely to be very friendly to Israel, certainly not compared to the way it was before uh, under Donald Trump. And uh, and so a right wing, a strong uh, Zionistic government, with Zionism being the strong support of the Jewish rights to their land, uh, to stand up against any pressure from Washington would be perhaps a very timely thing right now. Let's talk about another issue. Kosovo has become the latest country to officially recognise the state of Israel and it has undertaken to set up an embassy in Jerusalem. What's the story here? Well, it is a painstakingly slow process, uh, Neil, but more individual nations are positioning themselves positively towards Israel and showing recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. On the 1st of February, Kosovo, which is a Muslim-majority country, became the latest nation to formally establish these relations with the Jewish state and, as you said, agreed to establish their embassy in Jerusalem. This understanding um, was brokered uh, by Donald Trump in 2020. And during his presidency, as most of our listeners will probably know, uh, what was known as the Abraham Accords were set up which saw the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Sudan, and Morocco all forge ties with Israel. Uh, The agreement with Kosovo uh, is just the latest in this list. And there are other countries that have announced their decision to put their embassies in Jerusalem, among them Malawi, Honduras, Serbia, and the Dominican Republic. Now, efforts have been underway since at least 2015 to get Australia to move its embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, And there is still a hope that those efforts will bear fruit. Stan, on another issue, Jews are being fruitful and multiplying in the universally disputed areas of Samaria and Judea, the biblical mountains of Israel. Uh, What's happening there? Well, their presence may be angrily denounced as illegal by the international community, but the number of Jews living in the biblical heartland of Israel is growing in, in, in leaps and bounds, according to figures that were published last month. Um, it is an annual report that's compiled by a former Israeli parliamentarian, and it details how the Jewish population in Judea and Samaria grew, especially since 2016, the first year of the Israel-friendly Trump administration, by a full 17%. It means that today... Upwards of half a million people are now living, Jewish people are now living in cities and towns in these areas. Uh, the uh, ill-disposed uh, foreign politicians and journalists refer to their thriving towns and cities as Jewish settlements and adopt a similarly hostile attitude towards the land, referring to Judea and Samaria, not as Judea and Samaria, but as the West Bank, which was a name coined just a few decades ago. But since Israel ejected the Jordanians from Judea and Samaria in 1967, and despite the global opposition, the report makes it clear that indigenous life is once again flourishing in the ancestral lands of the Jewish people. 
And uh, let's finish on a, a note, an archaeological story, an exciting archaeological discovery in Israel that is being seen as a harbinger of coming restoration of the dynasty of David. What's this one about? Well, as you know, Israel is uh, saturated with archaeological proofs of its Israelite Jewish past. Um, but a discovery announced uh, last week uh, by archaeologists, a discovery made in the Timna Valley, which is just south of the Dead Sea, of fabric dyed with the very expensive purple dye taken from Mediterranean sea snails and dated by carbon dating to be about 3,000 years old, uh, speaks to the kingdoms of David and his first son Solomon, sat on the throne of the kingdom and ruled over the promised land of Israel 3,000 years ago. And perhaps in this time when kings are rising and falling and there's a lot of uncertainty with uh, international authority figures, as we Christians look forward to the soon-coming Messiah kingship, where the son of David will sit on the throne in Jerusalem and reign over all the nations of the world from that city, uh, this discovery just reminds us that that promise that God made to David so many thousands of years ago stands. Well, Stan, a wonderful, insightful take on breaking news today, and uh, we'll get used to uh, your new, your unique style over some coming times. I uh, really do appreciate you taking some time to share these stories with us today. Stan Goodenough, a Christian journalist, originally from South Africa, lived in Jerusalem for 30 years. He has a website uh, which keeps us up to date on a lot of developments that are happening in Israel. It's called Jerusalem Watchman. You can go to that website at jerusalemwatchman.org. That's jerusalemwatchman.org. Stan Goodenough, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 